Welcome to Uxbridge Beat, the podcast where we feature the who's who of Uxbridge, Ontario. My name is Scott Campsell. And I'm Jennifer Nevue Campsell. Today's episode is regarding an incident which rocked our Uxbridge theatre community. Conrad Boyce is no stranger to theatre, having had a career expanding 49 years. Most notably, he was an originator in our own onstage Uxbridge theatre company 25 years ago. Conrad presented Terence McNally's Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune to the board of directors 18 months ago. The show was approved, the show was cast, rehearsals completed, and then the dress rehearsal. Yes, it seems that at that point, due to an incident that happens in the play involving some nudity, that the show has now been cancelled. Here, in Conrad's words, he tells us what happened to Frankie and Johnny, the show that closed before it had a chance to open. When David Letterman was supposed to take over The Tonight Show. He thought he was going to take over The Tonight Show. And then Jay Leno got the job. And then Johnny Carson had David Letterman on his Tonight Show. And it was the very first question that came out of his mouth. And I think it's very fitting for right now. How pissed off are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I'm not pissed off at all. Because when I made the Facebook post um, three days after, well, two days after this happened, I calmed myself down by going to Jennifer's choir rehearsal and cooled myself off a little bit because I, I didn't want to make a, my Facebook post about it uh, right away because I was, yeah, I was, a, I was a little steamed and probably not thinking totally straight. So those two hours were very uh, refreshing for me and I, uh, I was able to think clearly. So when I went, got home from that, that's when I put the Facebook post on and the support that has come from everywhere for us as a group in terms of the stance that we took and in terms of our determination to put the show on sometime, somehow, somewhere. That was fabulous. And the support didn't just come from Oxbridge. The support came from my theater community everywhere. In fact, the very first person to respond, like within 30 seconds, <laughs> was a, a theater friend of mine from the Ottawa Valley, where we were for four years. And he said, yep, bring the show out here. We'll put it on right here. Tomorrow, he said. <laughs> so that was like 30 seconds later. But then I had all sorts of support from the Yukon, where I spent many years. I had support from Alberta, BC. A good friend of ours said, I think you should bring it to Australia. We'll do an Australian <laughs> tour of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not pissed off at the moment. I'm very heartened by the support that we've gotten. And we've had some really solid offers from at least a couple of local theater companies to back the show. We just need to now figure out a place and time to do it. So yeah, I was pissed off. (laughs) I I was upset, but particularly, not necessarily for myself, but for the three members of my company, right? My two actors and my my producer slash set designer, because all of them put so many hours into this. This was by far the biggest roles that Grant and Leisha had ever done. They're huge roles, right? They uh, talking nonstop for two hours. So it was a major challenge for them not only as actors in terms of the words they had to say, but in terms of taking the personal risk to appear nude on stage. Okay, so give us a run (laughs) now, because there's going to be people that are listening to this now that don't know anything about what happened. About the play? Yeah. Well, the play is called Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. It was written in 87 by an amazing playwright named Terrence McNally, coming out of the AIDS epidemic and the difficulty of establishing personal relationships at that time, because there were so many barriers to it, right? So these two characters work at the same place. They work at a little cheesy diner somewhere in Manhattan. They both come from difficult places. 
They both discovered that their mothers left them when they were uh, seven years old. It's a fascinating adult love story. The show opens in the dark with them making love. Then the lights come up immediately following that. So they're, you know, after. <laughs> when the lights come up on you, are immediately mm -hmm. post-coitus. <laughs> yes, you're, you're not clothed. So uh, for the first little bit of the play, they're naked until Frankie goes and puts a robe on. And Johnny says, I want to bask in your nakedness. And she says, sure you do. And she, <laughs> and she comes back with the robe on. So I think Lisa uh, computed that of the two hours of the play, there's a total of a minute and 37 seconds where either her breasts or Grant's uh, genitals are visible to the audience, total, in the tongue But it is there. So on the poster, we put, this is an adult, an adult, there are mature situations, adult situations, and uh, some nudity, so that people would be prepared for that. The background to, the, to, to how this production happened was during the pandemic. And of course, when the pandemic began, we had no idea how, it was gonna, how long it was going to last. Right? But uh, in the fall of 2020, I decided to put together a proposal. And by that time, I was back here in the area. We were living in Pickering. And I decided to put together a series of two-handers. In, in other words, plays with just two people, one male, one female. Two-handers with people who were already in each other's bubble so that they weren't a COVID risk. And then we, we performed these for socially distanced, masked audience members. So the idea was to put four of these together, but I, uh, <laughs> I had to find the money to put them together. So two of them got eliminated right away, the, the last two shows. The initial proposal was for Theatre on the Ridge over in Port Perry to do them. She was not able to find the, find the money to do it. Carrie Nicholson over there, who's the artistic director, her principle was that during the pandemic, she had to have all the money up front because she couldn't count on box right. office, right? So she went to her board and they just decided they couldn't afford to do it. So at that point, Carrie said, if you want to find somebody else to do it, and, the, and I had those two shows cast. The other show was a show called Tally's Folly, and I had a cast with a couple from uh, Port Perry, and then this one with Leisha and Grant. And I took... Frankie and Johnny too on stage at that point and said, would you be interested in producing it? Uh, so that was 18 months ago that they approved putting the show in the roster. Can you walk us through that process? I've never been on the board for Onstage Oxbridge. How does the process work in terms of you bringing forth a play and then it being approved or denied at that point? Different community theater companies do different ways. Some community theater companies, the board will put together a list of plays that they want to do, and then we'll send the message out to prospective directors saying, bring us a proposal. What team would you bring to do that show, et cetera, et cetera. Onstage has done it a different way. They've invited proposals from directors and then have chosen the season out of those plays that have been proposed by these directors, as opposed to selecting a, a season themselves. So I'd been away for four years, so I wasn't sure what the process still was. But I took Frankie and Johnny to the board as a proposal for an upcoming season. At that time, we still didn't know when the next upcoming season was going to be, right? This was coming out of the pandemic. So this was uh, March of 2022. We still weren't certain that we were going to be able to put on a season that fall at that point. Um, we ended up doing that. But yeah, I had to take the show to them tell them what the show was all about, 
give them an idea of what the budget will be for it, et cetera, et cetera. And then they vote on whether they want to include it in the season. As it turned out, it wasn't included in that season because they decided to shorten the season. Uh, so our show was removed, uh, but then they agreed to put it on for the first show this season. So you take the show and you say, here's what it's about, mm -hmm. as opposed to here's the script, read the script, or is that the obligation is then on them to go and read the script or they can or can't or have to or don't have to? Well, I don't think it's stated anywhere that they should, but I mean, okay. they knew that this was a controversial show, right? Okay. They knew that this, this show was, <laughs> was going to be a little bit different from anything uh, on stage had ever done before, for sure. So they knew there was a nudity scene. They knew that they knew okay. that uh, they yeah they knew that there was nudity in. So now here we are dress rehearsal. They find out that they the play's done the way that it says on the script, the way that you described it. Everything was yeah. for lack of a better way of describing it, but pretty accurate up front. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, we had, by the time that that dress rehearsal happened, the publicity had already been out for at least three weeks uh, that said on it some nudity, adult situations, et cetera, et cetera. So admittedly, some of those board members were new. They had just been elected to the board 12 days before oh. <laughs> at the onstage AGM on September the 13th. So some of them may have not have been as, as aware of what was going on, but as I say, the publicity said nudity. And actually at the AGM, the fact that it, that it included nudity was discussed at the AGM where all those people were elected. So, yeah, everybody was well aware before they came to the dress rehearsal that, that the show included nudity, that it included strong language and adult situations, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, they knew coming in that, that, that that's what they were going to Now, their say. argument is essentially that they didn't know the extent of mm -hmm. what it would be. So they feel that they were lied to or that they, that the show itself was misrepresented in terms of the extent of the nudity or the yeah. no, sexual right. themes, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So they feel like they were kind of gobsmacked with how much was, you know. Is that accurate to say that, that they were surprised by it? Yeah, they were surprised by it. But as far as we know, not a single one of them other than our lighting designer who was also a member of the board he read the script in advance and of course obviously he had seen at least a couple of rehearsals in advance as well so he was well aware of the content but as far as we know nobody else on the board ever took the trouble to read the script certainly none of them ever came to a rehearsal prior to that dress rehearsal and they had given you the permission mm -hmm. essentially they gave you the permission they trusted you they trusted that your you know, what you were going to bring forth artistically was valid. Mm -hmm. And so now it gets taken away. Yeah. So whether, yeah, as you say, Scott, what they, what they, what they said was that they were not prepared for the extent of the nudity. But for instance, if you were to go on YouTube and look for a community theater production of this show, yes, the only one that's on YouTube has a whole lot more nudity than our production does. Huh. And actually, um, I've spoken to a woman since who actually went to the original production off-Broadway in 1987. She was 18 and her mother took her to see it with the original cast. F. Murray Abram and uh, Kathy Bates were in the original production. And I said, was there nudity in that one? And she said, oh yes, <laughs> plenty of nudity in that production. So any contention that a production of Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune can be put on without nudity is fairly ludicrous in my opinion. I mean, the script doesn't explicitly say characters are nude, but as I say, I mean, the the action of the play happens 
mere moments after they've made very audible love uh, in the darkness. And there are, as I say, one of the first lines he says is, I want to bask in your nakedness. I'm really not sure how uh, one could contend that he could say that unless she was, in fact, naked. <laughs> so, yeah, that was their argument that, the, that there was uh, too much nudity. And things were said, I guess, I mean, I'm not going not to say all the things that were said in, in that meeting after the thing. I mean, obviously, we were totally un, 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 unprepared, unprepared for their reaction. I mean, we had no idea that, uh, that any of that would happen. So there wasn't we, we, They were invited to the dress rehearsal because they were board members. So it's traditional to invite the board members to the final dress, right? Okay. And there wasn't a revolt during the actual play. Nothing happened during the play. It was after it was done. Well, apparently a couple of them went outside and didn't even come back for the second act. Ah, okay. I don't know that for sure. I didn't see that. But uh, but apparently the, a couple of them didn't come back for the second act. They only mm. came back after the second act to talk to us. So yeah, after the dress rehearsal, I'm, uh, they've all hung around. I expect that you know, they're going to have things to say about the show. But <laughs> the first thing the president of the board said to me was, we need to talk. And that's never mm. a good thing. We need to talk. <laughs> that's always a little foreboding, right? <laughs> yeah, we were totally taken uh, taken by surprise by it. And it was very difficult for us to get a word in edgewise. Uh, the tone was angry. The tone was very confrontational. And from yeah. what I understand, it was also very personally attacking. To some extent, yeah. yeah. That wasn't the only meeting that happened, of course. Leisha and Grant, of course, had gone back down to their dressing rooms. And then they came up to clean the, the stage to get ready for the first performance. And they were in the wings while all this was going on. Ray Walker, my producer, and I were the only ones who were in the room with the with the board member at that time. Leisha eventually came in because she's a member of the board as well. Right. Or she was a member of the board. She no longer is. Uh, so she came in. And, but they and that's her own choice. She, she decided to step down. It wasn't yeah. like they let her. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So she came in and joined the discussion. And Grant was going to come in too. And they said, no, this is a board meeting. You're not invited to be part of this discussion. Uh, even though Ray and I, neither of whom are on the board, were there <laughs> sitting, in, they would not uh, allow Grant to join in the discussion. I mean, our contention later was that, in fact, it wasn't a board meeting because there was no notice given, there were no minutes taken, there was no certainly no opportunity for me to present any kind of artistic case for what they'd seen. It wasn't a proper board meeting at all. Eventually, I said, uh, thank you for, for what you said, and uh, you can go home now and we'll talk. <laughs> So at that point, uh, Alicia and Grant and Ray and I talked about uh, about what had been said, and we had a number of concerns. Of course, the, the the main thing was that we felt that our production, as it stood, was totally true to the script and to what the author intended the script to look like on the stage. Right? We also felt that, despite their contention that uh, there was more nudity than they expected, etc., we thought it was our opinion that our presentation was totally true to the advertising, that there was some nudity and that there were adult situations, but, you know, it's... So what's the fear that they have? They have fear that the advertising wasn't right or they have a fear that people could come in and... Demand their money back? Like, like or... what, what's the fear? Why, why cancel the play? Well, it, um, that was another problem we, that we had, that it wasn't unanimous amongst them as to what the changes should be. Some people thought there should be no nudity at all. Some people thought we should be wearing nude bodysuits. <laughs> Some people wanted just certain points covered up. Some people were happy to have Leisha exposed, but not Grant. Um, so there was no unanimity in that. So we were a bit confused as to what they wanted. 
One thing that sort of stuck with us that was said during that first meeting on Monday night was that this presentation was not representative of what Onstage Uxbridge was as a community theater group, and also that the production was not appropriate for an Uxbridge audience. So the same group that put on Rent Correct. has now got a problem with this? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and what they will say to you is that there was no nudity in Rent, but there was plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of uh, mature implied yeah. implied sexual uh, sexual content right there was plenty of plenty of that in rent so we thought about what they had said oh and as i say the particular the, the, the thing that's stuck in our craw and that has definitely <laughs> been the thing that most of our supporters on facebook have zeroed in on is their contention that this was inappropriate for an Uxbridge audience. Why should onstage Uxbridge determine what an Uxbridge audience can or can't see? We didn't use the word censorship that night, but plenty of people have used that word since, that this is in effect censorship or something. <laughs> so, so their fear is that it's a bad representation for onstage Uxbridge. That's what the big fear is, is that a minute and 30 seconds of nudity is not good for onstage experts. That's the fear. It's not that someone's going to see two people naked and then will be scarred for life because of this. It's not like... Oh, no, that's know. part of it. Okay. I think too, part of them thought that it was in, inappropriate for an expert to see. They said that Uxbridge has a conservative population. But, I mean, what we said was <laughs> it's in the publicity. It's on your ticket that this is what you're going to be seeing. You're going to be seeing some nudity. You're going to be seeing adult situations. It's an adult story. It's a very frank, real, truthful story about an adult relationship at that time period. Is there anything in the mandate or in the mission statement of the board that outlines the specifics of what can and can't and should and shouldn't be represented? No. No, no there's nothing currently in there. All it says is that Onstage Oxbridge will present a variety of theatrical performance. There's nothing, there's, yeah, there's absolutely nothing. Some of these people have not been involved in on, with Onstage Uxbridge for very long. So it's, it seems strange for me to, uh, that they would say, uh, this is not what this company should be, when they have very little experience with the company. I found it one aspect. The, the company, as you may know, was a, a merger of a musical theater company yeah. that I founded in 1997 and a non-musical theater company called on, uh, uh, Uxbridge Players, Players, which formed about 12 years before that. And then the two companies merged in 2005 to become Onstage Experts. I've been involved with the company for 27 years. So we thought about it. We said, considering all the work we had done, we said, what can we do here? How can we make this show happen? Because essentially what they said was, if these changes are not made, and as I say, they weren't very specific about what those changes were going to be at that point, but they said, if changes are not made, we will not allow the show to proceed under our name. So he said, well, so <laughs> I mean, you can imagine how taken aback we were and we needed some time to think. So, so what, what does that mean? So let's say on stage says that you can't run it under our name. Can't you just go ahead and do the show anyway? And this, like, the hall's booked like, and just go and run it and run off the ticket sales. It's not cheap to put on a show by yourself. They, you don't think they, with all this publicity that's going out now? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But at that time, right. yeah. our chief thought was to try to keep the, the, keep the show happening. What I 
did the next morning was I called a meeting together of me and my producer. Leisha was otherwise occupied on a Tuesday morning. She's trying to put a newspaper up. Grant's got a, a dairy farm to take care of. So Ray and I called a meeting with three members of the board, including the president, including our lighting person, who, as I say, was on the board, and one other member of the board. And we said, look, we need clarity. We thought the show was consistent with the script. We felt the show was consistent with the warnings. We needed clarity on the changes that they wanted. The main thing was that if we were to make these changes, that we wanted to know that we had the support of the board, in particular, the person who was doing our technical stuff, because <laughs> it's a very technical-oriented show. The, the sound and lighting are very, very important to the show, and uh, that if he wasn't totally on board with what we were doing, that the show would suffer. The very first thing that was said in that meeting by the president was she said, this isn't on you. She said, and I have it on tape, she said, this is on us. We were not prepared. We had not done our homework with regard to the show. We didn't know what we were coming into. And as a result, we were taken aback. And as a result, I mean, as I say, the tone of the meeting wasn't calm in any way, shape or form on Monday night. They were angry. They were upset. They were, uh, yeah, it was not a calm discussion. <laughs> so after that meeting on Tuesday morning, I went back to my company, to Leisha and Grant and Ray and I. And at that point, we decided, could we in all conscience make the changes that they were asking for from an artistic point of view? Would it be a compromise of our... And we said, yes, it would be a compromise, but we were prepared to look at it. The thing that we couldn't live with was that we didn't feel we had their support. Because of the tone of the, of the comments that were made on Monday night, because of the attitude that they had towards us, we felt that we couldn't do it. And so we said no, knowing that that would mean the cancellation of the show as a production of Honesty of Judgment. Common question we get at Okamikai Martial Arts and Fitness is what age can my child start karate? And the answer is that we have children as young as three years old training with us. Austin is one of our amazing students, and he told us some of his favorite things about our program. Do lots of stuff like karate, like white cards, kicks, and blocks, and punches. I can do anything. Austin can do anything, and we are excited to help bring out his potential and your child's too. We use martial arts as a tool to help your child build confidence, focus, self-discipline, and respect for others. Contact us at Okamikai Martial Arts and Fitness to get your child started today. Is this an unheard thing? Like, have they ever gotten to a point where there was a dress rehearsal and then somebody shut down the show because of the way it looked? No. Uh, and, and as I said on my Facebook post, I've been doing community theater for 49 years and I've never encountered this situation before. I did, did theater in Alberta, BC, the Yukon, here, many places here. Like I've worked for a lot of different companies here in Ontario. I've worked in Oshawa, Port Perry, uh, Leesdale, Newmarket, over in the Ottawa Valley. Never encountered this before, ever. Now you <laughs> mentioned that you needed your technical lighting director to be on side. Because mm -hmm. obviously, if that person is not on side, the possibility of hijacking the show is is there or yeah. leaving. You need that person. But wouldn't that person have been a part of rehearsals leading up to things? Only a couple of rehearsals. Okay. He came in very late into the rehearsal process. But certainly, yes, in the rehearsals that he saw, there was no indication from him that he was concerned about the content of the show whatsoever. We had no indication from him that he was worried about that. 
So after we told them our decision, and this was Tuesday at about noon, at that point, they decided to call a Zoom meeting of the entire board. Only two board members had been absent on Monday night, and one of them was still absent on Tuesday afternoon when they called their Zoom meeting. And essentially, they repeated their concerns. They narrowed down exactly what they wanted from us in terms of changes to the thing. And they took a vote as to whether, if those changes were made, would they support the show? And it was unanimous that they would. But during the meeting, <laughs> uh, what happened was that I, after that meeting, I came home from another thing and I was one of the board members lives across the street from me. And she was standing in my driveway when I got back and she said, we need you to reconsider this decision. So I listened to her, what she said. And I said, well, I'm going to, because Leisha this time was in on the board meeting from the very beginning. She was in on this Zoom meeting in, in the afternoon on Tuesday. I said, well, I'll have to go and talk to Alicia and see what she says. And so I went back over to the Cosmos. Alicia's trying to get out a newspaper at this time. And I said, so what was your impression of the board meeting? And she said, I'm angrier now than I was before. <laughs> she said, there were things said at that board meeting that were very personal. And she said, there's no way we have the support of the board. This is not professional theater. This is community theater. We do this because we love to do it. We do it because of the joy that we experience when we perform, right? That we have worked hard to put this show together, uh, that it's a meaningful show, it means a lot to us, and that we think the audience will get a lot out of it. And the fact was that there would be no more joy. All there would be would be anxiety. We would just be going through the motions. We would go back on stage each night very uh, anxious and worried that somebody would stand up in the audience, like a member of the board and say, no, this isn't our show. We're walking out right now, right? And we certainly had no confidence that our lighting and, uh, and, and sound person was behind the show at all. And nobody else in our company had the skill to take over that. It's a very, there have been a lot of changes made to the lighting and sound in the music hall in the last few years, and I would have had no confidence in being able to handle that equipment. We needed him behind us, and we didn't feel he was behind us. So we said, sorry, we still can't do it. And so at that point, the show was canceled. Now they will say, you canceled the show, <laughs> as opposed to, yeah, but to put we the canceled the show, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who, it was, the, the fact was that they insisted on these changes, and uh, we couldn't live with the changes because we didn't feel that they were behind the show. So. The show was canceled. It doesn't really matter who canceled it. To circle back to one thing that you said that I think is a very, very valid point and which was repeated several times by people's comments on the Facebook post of who are they to say what I'm ready to watch mm -hmm. in terms of the Exbridge audience Yeah, and to paint everybody with the same paintbrush that they are not ready for this and that they're making the decision for me, for him, for her. That's unfair. Yeah, a lot of people were, a lot of people used the angry emoji <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, they, when they responded. They weren't just upset about it for us, they were upset about it for them. And a lot of them knew the show. My, my friends from the Yukon were particularly upset on our behalf because they said, I remember the production of this show that happened at a small theater in the, in the Yukon, in Whitehorse, two years after it had been on New, in New York. 1989, 34 years ago in, in Whitehorse, this, uh, this same production had been seen. And it had the nudity, it had the strong language, it was true to the script as well. Whitehorse didn't bat an eye 
If people didn't but want... They, they remember it, though, because there was nudity. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if, if people didn't want to see nudity on stage, if they didn't want to hear strong language on stage, don't come. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> don't come. Yeah. You're quite free to stay away. But with those warnings on the posters, if you come to the play, you should be expecting that. I took my youngest daughter to see Rent, and I had to battle around in my head whether or not I was going to think that this was appropriate for my daughter to see. And in the end, I decided that it was for, you know, my own reasons. Mm -hmm. But I had to consider it. I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable seeing it. But as a parent, am I comfortable letting my 13-year-old see it? Mm -hmm. So in this situation for adults, are you personally comfortable? You know, but it's the, every per, everybody has to make the decision for themselves. And I guess the, the argument was that you didn't necessarily portray it accurately to their desires of what wanted to be portrayed for nudity. But it comes mm -hmm. down to due diligence. If the board had looked at the script, you said that they admitted that that was their fault, that they didn't really research it the way that they should have. So wouldn't it come down to as a parent to do the same thing? I'm going to take my daughter or my son to a play. Shouldn't I research it and find out what it's about before or what's involved if there's brief nudity before I take them and then get upset? Yeah. You know, it's a small town, right? They, yeah. uh, anybody who's, who's worried about it, you know, they know that I'm the director. <laughs> I'm not hard to get a hold of. <laughs> Just give me a call and say, <laughs> okay, what's involved in this play? Can I bring my 16-year-old or whatever? We, we say 16 plus, but that's only a recommendation. If you want to bring your 10-year-old, you're free to do that. But, uh, but we say recommended for 16 plus, which, you know. So teen, where, where was the teenagers trust? Teenagers see this sort of stuff on TV all the time. So so where was the trust? Was it based on your experience? Do you think that they go, okay, well, Conrad is a very strong professional. He's got lots of theater experience. There's no way he would put on a nude play. Is there any basis for believing that that could be? Like, where's the shock? Like, like why, why are they so stunned? I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to ask them that question. But yeah, I mean, this is the 20th show I've, I've directed for on stage. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this a long, 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 long time. I think part of the shock is the fact that we know the actors and that the board knows them personally. Sure. I, you know, and you don't want to necessarily bump into them now at Zares and I've seen you naked. But, and, uh, I don't know. But I, if, Leisha, but, if Leisha and Grant could make that decision for themselves, that they were prepared, even though this is their community and even though they're both well-respected in their various fields and they each have thousands of friends in the community... If they were prepared to go on stage and yeah. they didn't think it was such a huge deal. For oh, I them. applaud their courage. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So where we go from here is, as I say, some companies have come forward to back the show. So now we have to go through the, <laughs> the, the financial thing. We need to decide whether we can afford to do it with one of those companies because we want to do it in a in a short time frame so that we don't have to re-rehearse the thing, mm -hmm. but also so that, I mean, that, now that all this has happened, I think people are anxious to support us and mm -hmm. to see the play, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we want to do it soon, but the music hall isn't available in the near future. So we would have to find another place to do it. So we need to find another place, another time, and then we have to sort out the financial details. But we are pretty determined that we want the play to be seen. We didn't, we didn't put on this work for nothing. And it's a difficult play. It's a challenge to do. It wasn't like doing a simple rom-com or a simple mystery, murder mystery or something like that, that, that has not much beneath the surface. There's, uh, it's a difficult play. It's got a lot going on. So it was hard work. 
Where's the passion come from for doing this? So you could have put on any play. You, why this one? What's the motivation? What's got you fired up about wanting to do this? Because it's such an excellent play. Terrence McNally was a prize-winning playwright, and uh, he's a master of, of dialogue. We have found ourselves quoting, <laughs> quoting Frankie and Johnny in so many life situations. Everybody, everybody who comes to this play will will recognize one of the situations that Frankie and Johnny are talking about. They'll be able to identify with one or the other or both of them in so much of what goes on in the play. It's a beautiful play. It's a powerful play. It's got important things to say. I mean, the reason the reason you do theater is to have an impact on the audience and to, to put across ideas and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's one thing to do stuff that's just fun to watch and, and you go out whistling into the night and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's all fun too. But every now and again, you want to do a play that's... Uh, that makes people think and that uh, makes people laugh and cry within uh, within minutes of each other, <laughs> right? And there's plenty of both of those kinds of things in this play. I was involved in the production in, in Whitehorse 34 years ago, so I, I knew the power of the play already. And when I was thinking of two-handers to do, this instantly came to my mind. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you feel your future might be with Onstage at this point? Oh, none. At this point, mm. I don't. I don't think so, unless the board was able to convince me that it would be worth my while to come back and work with them again. I obviously can't trust this board, and the board was fairly unanimous in in wanting these changes and all that sort of stuff. There, there weren't too many demurring voices on the board, so the board has significantly changed from the time that I was involved in it before I went away for a few years to the Ottawa Mallee. As I said on my Facebook post, it's it's sad because mm-hmm. I've been involved with this company since the beginning, but. Every now and again, you got to move on. So Alicia's resigned from the board as well. And uh, yeah, we'll just, I mean, uh, I'm not going to be bored. There'll be plenty of stuff to do. (laughs) Well, if nothing else, the controversy has created such a buzz that being able to put it on now will have full house uh, audiences for you wherever you decide to put it on. I hope that the support, I hope that the support that, has been there. I mean, it's not just my Facebook page where, where people have voiced these things. Yeah. I mean, they've gone onto the onstage Facebook page and, and said the same things and expressed the same support. I mean, it's, the, the support has been so strong. I just hope that translates into box office um, because whoever backs us at this point, whether it's uh, partly ourselves, I mean, it might, it might be a joint thing, whereas one company backs us, but then various other individuals have, have expressed a willingness to provide some financial support in putting the show back on. We would be good if all of those people uh, <laughs> got their investment repaid. <laughs> Have you had any contact with the board since this decision? So that you said that it's been on their Facebook posts, but on your Facebook posts, people are just irate. Is there any even close to reconsideration from the board that maybe they're making the wrong decision when you see that much unanimous support? I've heard nothing. You know, I've heard nothing from any of them, except the, the board member who lives across the street from me. And uh, she said, I've been trying to lower the temperature, she said. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I've heard from nobody else. Thank you for spending the time with us and for giving us your side of the story. And Thank you. I look forward to when the production is mounted and I'm buying my ticket. (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you i'll close my eyes for a minute and a half <laughs> okay before we unpack this episode i think it should be said we have not seen the play no we have not seen the play nor have we read the script however in my own level of comfort with conrad as a director and having worked with him 
in all sorts of different theatrical and musical and personal ways. I trust his artistic direction. And I guess that's what it comes down to, because I remember my mom went and took us to go see On Golden Pond when I was really young. So it was Henry Fonda. What's the name of the woman? Uh, Catherine Hepburn. And there was swearing in it. There's some really bad language. I don't know. I've never seen a play on Golden Bond. I just know the movie had it. And I remember my mom, who was very, I don't want to say, well, it's not like she didn't have a potty mouth at times, but at the same time, she was mom. So she took us to go and see on Golden Bond. <laughs> like it was just, I remember walking out going, there was a lot of swearing in that. There was a lot of bad language. And she said, well, yeah, but it was important. You needed that in the script. And so looking at this particular script and this particular play, it is an examination of a real love story, of a real situation, of real people. People have sex. People get naked. We all have naked bits. People swear. And whether or not it is actually important for the overview or for the impact, that's the word, the impact of what's being presented, then yeah, it's in there. They don't have sex on stage. It's not pornographic. No, but I also know you and I've watched shows where I just had to turn it off or we didn't end up watching the rest of the series because I just like. But that's the difference. There's a difference between something that is important for the impact of the message versus something that's gratuitous in order to garner viewership because they think that they will have viewers from attractive and naked actors. Yeah. And that being said, a minute and 37 seconds and it's at the beginning of the play and I equate this to you and I've talked about this off air, Yellowstone. When you and I first started watching Yellowstone, I think, what is it? In the first five, 10 minutes, there's a sex scene. And I remember thinking, I don't need to see this. And we ended up turning it off. And then once we got past that, now, well, now I'm riding horses. Yes, you are riding horses. (laughs) So I, I, I don't know. Could we not live with just going through a minute and 37 seconds of nudity? I think what it comes down to is the fact that the decision was made, it was approved, and then they wanted to put caveats in place, and ultimately it was taken away. It wasn't taken away by the board of directors. The crew decided to stop their own show because they didn't feel that they were going to be presenting it in what would be a safe, uh, yeah, I'll use the word safe, a safe and, and supportive environment. And so that's why it was... And that's huge. Absolutely. I think when Conrad said, you know, I'm doing this for passion and the passion would have been gone. And so now they go out on stage and all there is is an anxiety. And I don't know, every time I did community theater it was because I just wanted to do it for fun. Yeah. He was so emotional and so upset. And uh, Leisha is my work wife. We share a studio space or a workspace where my studio is. And she's had, you know, one heck of a week. And I, I'm sure the board members have too, you know, because ultimately we participate in these things because we love it. Now we're at a point where they're going to have to examine how they move forward with this stuff. And if only three out of the 12 board members had actually read the script, then that's a problem. And if they don't trust the artistic integrity of their director, that's a problem. And so I was pretty upset about this last week because this came on the heels of the Kitchener-Waterloo Symphony Board declaring bankruptcy. And all of the music musicians and, and students that were involved in that and professional musicians and payroll and everything that you know went along with that was really disheartening and affected me personally because I know lots of musicians who are involved in that situation. Now again, 
here we are with a board of directors situation. And I'm just in the process with, with my choir of, you know, having a board of directors that is a fledgling group that we're trying to get off the ground. And it's important. It's not to be understated that the fact that board of directors are there to make really important decisions and other people's livelihoods, their presentations of a play like this and, and money. There's lots of money that is involved with this stuff. It, they're important decisions to be made. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned last week. Also on the heels of this last week was when the Speaker of the House got removed because of the fact that he didn't do his due diligence and the whole House of Commons stood up and applauded a Nazi. So I think due diligence is important. If you're going to go and stick your neck out there, yeah, I think it's really important. But it also basically says that it could happen to the best of us. So with airing this episode, we understand there's only one side of the story that's being told. It's Conrad's. We have not heard from the board. We didn't talk to them. So obviously they would have their own side of the story. I'm not looking to get any fights. Like I said, we haven't seen the play. We don't know what's totally involved, but we did... I think, do a good service in at least airing one side out. Obviously, you know, I'll call it the board. If somebody wants to go and, and give their side, we'd be more than willing to listen to that. But in the meantime, thank you very much, Conrad, for giving up of your time and explaining your side of the story. I look forward to seeing the show whenever they're going to mount it. This has been a Capsule Broadcasting production. And just so you know, everyone was fully clothed during this episode.